podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ahoy hoy, uh, welcome along to this, your German-fested uh, October edition of the Reds Review monthly audio magazine uh, here on Anfield Index. It is, of course, your one place for all things Liverpool Football Club related. I am your host, Andy Wales, joined, as always, by my co-host, the one and only, the man of 10 million podcasts, Mr Guy Drinkle. How are we doing, Guy? I'm good, I'm good. I know you've kind of got uh, the old man flu on, so I think it's building in me. So hopefully uh, hopefully next month it's not me who's ill and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I've, I've had a weekend full of it and been stood out in the pouring rain and freezing cold for three hours yesterday afternoon watching uh, oh, junior football. Beautiful. Probably didn't help, but you know, I wouldn't be the Wally with a brolly and all of that. So you you have to grin and bear it. It's it's just got to be done, and um, I'm suffering even more than I was yesterday. Enough for it. So if my voice goes and I start coughing uncontrollably at some point through this podcast, or you hear me sneezing or something like that, um, just shy away from your earphones because uh, you may well catch it through the internet. It's it's a bit contagious. But anyway, um, so this edition of the Res Review. We're going to be taking a look back at September, all the action, give out our uh, monthly awards. There's the Academy updates, there's a bit of uh, bit of fantasy in there as well. A little, little bit of an either-or game uh, we're gonna, I'm going to play with. We've got to get to our predictions, so we'll take a look at what October holds in store. So let's kick things off then, Guy. Um, the month began all the way back, and, and it was so far back now that we'd almost forgotten about it. And it was Newcastle. So Liverpool beating Newcastle 3-1 at home after going a goal behind to, um, let's face it, a pretty crap Newcastle. Yeah, I think they didn't even play too badly against us, considering what they are. But you look at Newcastle's other performances and results apart. Well, even the performance was bad. But you look at the only result that Newcastle had against Tottenham. And considering how bad Tottenham are at the minute, that's not too impressive. Um, but yeah, it's it's always a shock when we go behind, regardless. But especially when it's Newcastle at home. Um, but it was more, it was a pretty much a freak goal, wasn't it? Really. Um, I don't think that left back is going to be doing that anytime soon ever again. He'll probably score a worldie next week now. And I've said that, but um, yeah, it was a pretty bog standard game. Uh, we didn't blow them away in the first half. Um. If I remember correctly, this is when Origi started and got injured, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was. And then Bobby came on and That's made all correct. the difference. Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. See, it's coming back to me now that we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Bobby came on and made all <laughs> the yeah. difference, didn't he? he was, completely. Uh, uh, game's completely gone from my head. And then as soon as I remember that Origi went off and Bobby came on, it's now coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a classic game. A um, couple of good goals in there, which I'm sure we'll get to um, at some point. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, but one big to- talking point that came out of that, and, and will rear its head again in the next game that we have, is VAR. And my question to you, Guy, is VAR in the Premier League, what the hell is the point, other than offsides? Uh, it doesn't really have one, does it, I suppose? Um, 
it's not even just this game. It's not even just our games. It it, it just it seems, isn't. It no, just it seems, isn't. It absolutely mm, isn't. It just seems to have made bad refereeing highlighted more rather than fixed the bad refereeing, which is quite impressive. Um, I mean, I always thought they are just like make Mike Dean absolutely mental, Mike Dean. But like, it, all it's done is like highlight how bad the referees are that we've probably mentioned a million times on this podcast and every other AI podcast and every on every other football podcast. Like you got your Anthony Taylors, your Kevin Friends, and stuff like. That. It's literally just highlighted how awful they are. Because even with the help of replays and stuff, the refereeing standard, it, it's just nowhere near. Right. Was, was this the Matip headlock game? There, yeah, there, yeah, that's so it. Many. The, the anyway. Matip, yeah, the headlock into the ground. And uh, this is the thing, it just feels as though that referees aren't making the decision and rather than VAR sort of correct it and, and make sure that the, the correct decision is given, um, they're just basically backing up whatever decision the referee's given. I mean, and mm. like you said, it isn't just our game. Anything to a couple of instances off the top of my head is is the, um, the Sebastian Haller for West Ham being clearly tripped uh, and nothing nothing given on VAR. One at the the past weekend, uh, Bournemouth against West Ham, um, had his shirt virtually ripped mm, off his back. Yeah. Yet nothing given, and it's just it it really is incredulous. And it's for me, it just keeps going back to. I feel I'll be repeating myself over and over. And there's a comment I made months ago on Twitter was my only fear about VAR in the Premier League is that Premier League referees will be in charge of it. Yeah, and, and that that was my worry from the offset as well. I think obviously it's kind of been in in beta. Well, not in beta. I mean, there was like a few years ago. I think it started off in Germany and Italy, didn't it? And it had teething problems then. You obviously watch a lot more European football than me, but you, I don't notice as, mu- as much outrage, but I do obviously follow a lot more people who follow the Premier League rather than um, foreign leagues and stuff. But every every game seems to bring outrage in, over here in the Premier League. Maybe it's just highlighted more because it is the Premier League, but you look at Germany and you look at Italy, probably the Liga as well, they don't, they don't seem to be a scandal every weekend um, about a decision. Um, whereas now, they just—I think they've just kind of got to get out of jail free card with this clear and obvious bullshit. And yeah, it—I think that I think they're just genuinely worried about overturning a referee, even though pff, it's your job. <laughs> it, yeah, and it, it just seems sorry, to, but that it's exactly that whole thing—you know—clear and obvious. I'm sorry, but. If the wrong decision is made and you can see it's the wrong decision, then then surely that is clear and obvious because, you know, jumping onto our next match away in the Champions League at Napoli, not a great performance, better than the performance we gave there last year. We end up losing 2-0, but we were at a moment where we we're actually in control of the game and we looked like the only team who were going to score, they get given a penalty. When you look back on the, on the, on the uh, replays, you can clearly see that Robertson gets the ball, he clears, you know, he, he he hits he knocks the ball away and then the player launches himself into Robertson. I mean it's it's simulation. It's it's not a penalty. It and yet they look at it in VAR and don't overturn it. They allow the penalty to be given. So it's not just the Premier League. It's also in the Champions League as well. It seems it's mm. uh, it just a mad. I just couldn't get my head round 
how you can look at replay after replay and then say, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll just stick with your original decision. I know it's wrong, but, you know, hey, mm. hey-ho. The, wor- the worst thing about the one in the Champions League is because in the Premier League, they're trying to avoid the referees going to look at the monitor because it's stupid. It's not stupid, is it? But in Europe and European leagues, the referee is asked, like, there's much more of a discussion and the referee himself gets a second look at it. I don't get why he didn't go to the monitor in this game. Like, obviously for the people in the stadium, and even at home, it's like a, a bit of a bore, but VAR is going to cause confusion anyway. You might as well do as much as you can to get to the correct decision. Whilst we're, spe- whilst we're fine-tuning the process, etc., don't take as much time as you need because they'll probably take 20 minutes debating and blithering on about like bloody idiots. But if you're going to take a few minutes to, to have the referee look at the replay himself, I'm sure people would understand whilst it's in its teething period um, that as long as it gets to a somewhat understandable decision, that's fine. But you get it, it's pretty obvious a dive. You can see why the referee gave it initially because I think he was like yes. on the angle. That's wasn't fair he? to say, yeah, yeah. In, in open play. <laughs> Yeah, initially in open play, I thought, oh, no, what have you done mm-hmm. that for? I yeah, thought he absolutely. caught it. And then you see on the replays, actually, no, he doesn't touch him. He jumps into him after he's cleared the ball. So it's like, well, that's why we have VAR, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. You know, to, For the benefit of video replays to see that, actually, no, although you, the decision you made was understandable in the circumstances, it was the incorrect decision, so you should really correct it. And... It's just this whole thing, isn't it? I, I'd well, I could have um, my tin foil on my head and make some uh, conspiracy theories about this. But anyway, ju- just to sum up uh, the actual performance itself, then I mean, losing two nil away at Lazio uh, to Napoli. Sorry, not not the best way to start the Champions League group stages. Um, what what did you make of it? Um, you said it at the the start of this game. Um, we obviously played a lot better, and we really did. It was a, it was pretty much chalk and cheese from the last year's game because last year's game was awful. Um, but this one, it probably deserved to be a draw more than anything. Uh, obviously, they got the dodgy penalty, as we said, um, and the second goal probably doesn't happen without the first because we're obviously overstretched and stuff like that. And Van Dyke probably trying to rush a bit. Um, but Fabinho's an animal. We'll come back to him later. I imagine. <laughs> uh, well, I certainly will. Spoiler. Um, the front three just had a bit of an off day, didn't they? I think that's probably been the story of yeah. a couple of these games. Probably Sheffield United will obviously talk about that. That was a story there. Even Chelsea, to a certain degree, wasn't at its fluid best, but... Ultimately, we're still getting the results apart from this Napoli game, um, so there's not too much to worry about. But yeah, I think the main thing with the Napoli game is, is this is game week one rather than game week six, and not it's not a must win. We can well we shown last year in the Champions League we what we lost three away games and still won the tournament, um, so we can take a loss to our toughest. Um, competitor in the league but if we if we drop points at home that's when you can start worrying whether it's a draw or a loss but we sh- I think we shown last year if we still continue our struggles away we can still get through the group but I mean we're not playing PSG and Napoli this time we're playing Napoli and two clubs not very experienced in Europe so be a bit different criticism wise but I don't think there's anything to worry about um, 
off the back of the Napoli game. As you said, much better performance, but we just didn't get the result. Yeah, yeah, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but yeah, it's still plenty of uh, opportunity to put it right. So next up was Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge. Um, always been a tough place to go. Chelsea haven't been great this season at times, but a bit bit up and down. Um, but we were looked. I'd say we looked in control in the first half. Good first half. Really poor second half. And I, I know I was on the Nina Kauser show after this one. And what I said after the game, I still stand by in that we made hard work of this two-one victory. Um. Yes, I think we did. Um. I. It was a weird circumstances for me because I pretty much have watched every game like live. Barring like the three o'clock kickoffs when you have a, t- a stream that's fifty minutes behind somehow, um, and and this is probably the first game in years that I've watched on delay because I watched the first half, but then unfortunately uh, I couldn't get our, our football game moved, so I had to play through that. Um, and yeah, I came home and watched. Pretty, I watched the whole game again rather than just the first half. Uh, this the second half, and I didn't. Football's crap without the emotion, <laughs> so I didn't feel like we were under. Because obviously, I knew the score as well that helped. So I didn't have the same worry. But if you just analyze it as a performance, um, as, as you should, like on a second, um, boring viewing. I don't think we were like properly under the cost, but we just seemed to get really sloppy. Like, the midfield was a mess all game. Um, I think we brought on Milner and Alana to calm down the game, which, I mean, saying that just sounds wrong <laughs> to me. Um, obviously, Klopp's a lot cleverer than me, and he trusts, um, well, one of them especially much more than me. Um, it was it just seemed like a strange game throughout, and the second half was just very sloppy. And as I mentioned on the Napoli game, the front three just didn't really seem on it on the day and I know I don't it sounds weird when Bobby got a goal but he didn't have his best game. Moore got an assist, didn't have his best game and Mane, if I remember correctly, just wasn't involved too much. Um which is it's it's kind of been a theme of this month, I suppose, which is possibly a bit worrying. But hopefully they fix that soon. But yeah, the Chelsea game I think a game like this against a top well say top six rival, it's pretty much a top two now, is <laughs> Probably top three if you include Leicester. But with the classic top six rival games, I think a story going into the game was our was our um, record against these teams, wasn't it? And just getting the results, the most important thing in this one, I think. But yeah, the next time we have an away game to the top six, whoever that is, I'd, I'd like to have a cleaner performance, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so after that came MK Dons in the League Cup uh, away from home, a two-nil victory. And what I watched, I just watched the extended highlights on this one because uh, I was actually working. Um, it, it finished two-nil, guy, but I think could easily have been five-four given the chances that both teams had and missed. And and that's not even including a couple of the chances that that hit the woodwork that I, I wouldn't necessary classes like really really good chances so i mean this this literally could have been like seven four it was um a bit of fun it was good to see a few people get some minutes and uh get so see some of the youngsters get an opportunity to uh, have not a so run good. out as well not so good for some of the others <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it was a real strange game wasn't it it was 
I think you do have to kind of split it into the youngsters and the experience. I think not all the youngsters had brilliant games, but I thought they were probably the standouts. Um, Brewster didn't really show up, which is a bit annoying, really, because people have been asking for him all season, haven't they, to be at least on the bench. And then to I know it's you get your chance, and then it's MK Dons. And the game kind of was a bit chaotic, but he just didn't seem to get involved, and attacks broke around him. But the uh, the two standouts for us, uh, well, I think Hoover had a good game and was kind of topped off by the goal. But I think the two youngsters who stood out, we'll obviously um, talk about these a bit more in the academy. But I think Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott, I don't know why I said it like that. Harvey Elliott stood out. Um, but we'll talk about more the, uh, more about them on the academy bit. But um, the established guys, ooh, God. Milner aside, I don't think anyone really cover themselves in glory. Um Lovren you just pretty he just pretty much summed up his whole Liverpool career in that game. He was awful first half. Like as you said, MK Dons could have had a good few goals and he was directly involved in quite a bit of that. Um and then second half I think he had a goal line clearance and did a couple things. Um Gomez we said at the start of the season he just didn't look like his his self from pre-injury last season. I don't know if he, if there's still lingering bits and bobs there that are affecting him, but he's just not really seen what we assume is himself um, this season, and, and it kind of continued in this game. And obviously, inconsistent game time doesn't help with that, but you're not displacing Matip, so you have to take you have to take a chance here. But no, Gomez and Lovren looked worrying. Um, who else did we play? I mentioned Milner. He was probably our best player on the night. Alana at number six. Oh, God, yes. I've blanked that from my mind. Oh, dear. That was yeah. bad. That was bad, wasn't it? Never yeah. again. Never again. Oh, well, 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 anyway. Well, unless we want to go out against Arsenal, then never again. Yes. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, anyway, dear. then, to finish the month off, we go to Sheffield United, and... I mean, you mentioned it on the pre on the uh, the previous pod when we were doing the predictions, how they play the back three and have these under these overlapping uh, centre backs and whatnot. Um, I, I, although they've been quite expansive, I didn't expect to see the same from them against us, and and it was pretty you know very sort of solid, solid couple of lines for us to try and break down. We and they just let us play, they let us play in front of them, and we looked. Quite ineffective, I, I'd say. Guy I was, I was quite disheartened. I was disheartened. I was disappointed by um, the tempo of our game. It, it really was lacking. Although, having said all that, you know, we really should have had two or three goals. I mean, Mane had a, a really good chance. He also had an absolute sitter. Salah gets put through one on one, and and I've got to say, for the first time in I don't know how long. I didn't feel confident when he went through one one v one with the keeper, and we come out of it with a one nil victory, thanks to uh, that that tremendous uh, goal from uh, from Van Alden. But um, yeah, it's a, I know the points are all that really matters, but I, I'm I'm a little concerned about the levels of our performance at the moment and worry that. Um, you know, unless we rectify it quite soon, you know, better teams could punish us. Yeah, I think I think you're right to be worried about that. I think as we've kind of gone through game by game, I think we just kind of realised we've not been that good this month. 
Um, and somehow we've won every Premier League game. Uh, I think that's just the continued story against Sheffield United. Um, I did rate Don't Hate yesterday, but if you're not a subscriber, spoiler, lots of people got fives <laughs> because it was a bad performance. The fullbacks weren't on it. Uh, Rob obviously had that big block, but attacking-wise, he didn't have much on. Trent was very, very sloppy going forward. Um, the midfield offered nought apart from the jammiest goal ever. Um, that's dis- that's not including Fabinho because he's beautiful. Um, but the two eights didn't offer nothing, and the front three were uh, god awful. Um, I thought Fabinho, not Fabinho. Um, Firmino was um, pretty much non-existent, apart from setting up that Mane chance, which he probably should have shot himself. If we're honest. Salah was probably the least bad because his chance was at 1-0, so it was less important. But Mane, he's been on such a freaky streak with his finishing. Like, he went from he went from a player that Liverpool, some Liverpool fans, I should say, were, were questioning whether we could bring in a, a Sancho or whatever or improve him. And then all of a sudden he's... Then he, all of a sudden he scores literally every shot he takes and he gets a top scorer. But he looked... A couple games now, he's looked like the player who almost wasteful in front of goal but hopefully hopefully that changes back because if we if if they click back again I mean Bobby had probably his best start to a season and we were waiting for the other two to improve and it's kind of gone the opposite way hasn't it um so hopefully I think the front three needs to improve for us to continue this winning streak because as you mentioned as soon as we come up against better teams we're going to get um not found out, but it'll make us make life a lot more difficult. And I think we've got Leicester next, who, barring us, have probably been the best team in the Premier League. And that's probably including Man City. Um, and then United, always worried about a draw, because they always seem to turn up against us one way or another, or the game just descends into awfulness. Um, and Spurs... <laughs> <laughs> they don't have we don't have the worry there. <laughs> um but yeah you're right I think we do need to improve for these next three games uh, especially but um at least we at least we're winning cuz probably even last year we would have drew games like that like Leicester West Ham we went through that spell where we played awfully didn't we and we drew like two or three on the bounce I think and hopefully this yeah. is hopefully this is that kind of spell but we usually do end up struggling in like January don't we so Hopefully we don't have another spell, but um, yeah, we we got we got full points in the Premier League, and we got our hardest game in the Champions League out the way. So not a perfect month, but a important month. Yeah, I mean, it's, it might sound churlish to be concerned and and be you know in any way critical because you know sixteen league wins on the bounce now across the two seasons, seven from seven this season. I mean, you know. Statistically, it's it's a fabulous start to the season, but there are them little things there that you do worry might catch up with us. And I, and I do feel that although the front three have been pretty poor for the last three games now, I feel really is I started to wonder whether part of that as well was coming from the midfield because there was mm-hmm. just no creativity from our midfield. And I think we do need to have a little bit of a rejig there. We need to be we need to start doing something a little bit different because it's a bit too. It's a little bit too bland. It's a little bit too predictable. It's a little bit too easy to read. And um, I don't know. I, I, we just need to do something a little bit different, whether it's a slightly different shape, and then we can bring maybe bring Origi in. That's, maybe that's the way we go about it. Or is it, you know, bringing Ox in, 
or or once he gets back, is Naby Keita in there? But at the moment, Van Alden and Henderson together in the team, they're just not offering enough from the midfield, and and I do wonder whether that's linked into the the front three, finding things a little bit difficult mm-hmm. at the moment. So it's safe and yeah. dependable, isn't it? Rather than, mm. I think Naby is what was he was becoming part of the front three, uh, not the front three, the mid, the first choice midfield three. Um, and obviously the the injury happened and we kind of not ended up because I thought this, I think this midfield was always an option in certain games. Like Fabinho, Henderson, Ginny, I think that's fine in certain games. Like Chelsea, on paper it worked because they obviously have a good midfield and you kind of want to contain that but Kante's a freak, so it's hard to contain that. But a game against Sheffield United, it's it's not ideal, is it? But say if Naby, I don't know, say if his first game back to Manchester United after the international break, where he's properly back. A game's against Salzburg and Leicester City, that midfield's probably fine, unless Leicester go like eight DMs like they have a couple of times. But it, I think that midfield's fine, we want a bit more than fine against certain teams. If you get me, yeah, yeah. This, uh, it's, I'd say it's, it does feel a little churlish, you know, after after such a great run and such a, you know, let's say seven from seven, such a great start to the season. But um, maybe we've just been hurt so many times that we are a little concerned. We want perfection. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, um, look, I mean. If anybody thinks that after beating Sheffield United that Jurgen Klopp was was sat back in his office in Melbourne thinking, yeah, everything's absolutely perfect. I've got nothing to be concerned about. Everything's fantastic. Everyone should be happy. Um, I, I think you're totally missing missing the point and, uh, yeah. and misunderstanding the guy. I'm absolutely positive he'll mm. he'll be frustrated and he'll be looking for ways to to make improvements because. You know that you don't get to the very, very top, and to be an elite coach like he is, if you just sit on your laurels and think, "Yeah, you know, just because we've won that game, that means everything must be perfect." Oh God, I, oh God, I. I mean, it, it, it's obviously different from man, fans and managers, but we're, we're obviously delighted with with this month's results. It's just a couple, not not even concerns, really. It's just something to think about if if this is just a spell or is is this. It's not poor, is it? Because we've obviously won, but is this almost timid performances going to continue or are we just going to spark back into life? It's just mm. something to talk about, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Anyway, that's 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 all of September's action taken care of. So time now for our awards. Uh, first up, we'll go with Player of the Month. Um, I put this out to... Uh, to the wonderful world of Twitter, and because I actually forgot to put it on earlier in the day, <laughs> it, the the poll is still live. But as, as we are live, a guy Fabinho is is winning with fifty eight percent of the votes, and Matip is currently second on thirty four percent. So, um, who, who would you be? Who would be your uh, player of the month for September? Fabinho, eight hundred billion percent. Because he's been amazing in every match. <laughs> like, Napoli, we lost 2-0. He was like the best player on the pitch. It, he was terrifying that game. 
it's just is. Chelsea battled with Kante, and that's a battle that is probably the two best midfielders in the country defensive midfielders because De Bruyne is technically a midfielder. Um, and that was a great battle. And Sheffield United, he was probably one or, sec- one or two in terms of man of the match. I think he's just been an absolute monster this month and I think he's been a real important part of why we've continued our win streak in the league even without performing too well. I think he's just kind of give us give us given us that base without reverting to without relying on the centre backs too heavily. He's just kind of controlled games to a certain extent and just been absolutely dominant. But in terms of the other shouting Matip, I mean he continues to just be <laughs> an absolute surprise of like the two seasons now, or probably 18 months now, it's just, I had so many doubts, and now he's like, he's, comp- he's like playing on the same level as Van Dyke consistently, it's terrifying. <laughs> it is, it's, uh, look, I completely agree, Fabinho for me, most definitely my player of the month for September, and yeah, it is, is worth, it's only right that we, uh, we, once again, uh, tip our hat to uh, Joel Matip because um, as much, not just the performances, but I absolutely adore his facial expressions and his um, his outrage <laughs> when free kicks are not given in his favour. Um, I just, I just enjoy watching. He's entertaining as much as he's he's playing fantastically well at the moment. So yeah, a little a little mention. For Matty, but Fabinho wins the Player of the Month from the Salvan guy, and as we speak live on the votes, he's winning that as well. But what about Goal of the Month guy? What, how or who, I should say, have you gone for with your Goal of the Month? Um, do, do you want me to let you know how, how it's going live for, on the the votes? Yes, because I have forgotten who scored for against Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, the options were Mane's first goal against Newcastle, where he uh, sort of the little touch inside and then smacked it into the top corner. Oh God, I yeah. There's the yeah, there's the Salah goal against Newcastle that involved that little flick from Bobby that was uh, quite beautiful. Oh wow. Then there's Trent's blaster into the top corner versus Chelsea. Yes. And of course, uh, Vinaldum's uh, shot that the uh, keeper palmed into his own. <laughs> Do whatever he did into his own net versus uh, Sheffield United, so it's a tough one. But at the moment, Trent's winning. Yeah, I think rightfully so. Because we always do those nice fancy goals. I I like a thunder bastard. Me, it's getting rarer and rarer. I mean, like Salah against Chelsea last season was like a rarity, and I like a good, a, just a good powerful smash in the in the in the goal. It's, it's not something we've had. I mean, Coutinho used to score worldies the odd time, but we've not really had it since then. Yeah, I, I, I do love that Salah one versus Chelsea, though. The run, the link-up, and just the sheer arrogance of uh, of the, the flick from Bobby. It was, uh, it was pretty tremendous. So that gets my vote. So you've gone for Trent. Um, Twitter's gone for, twi- for Trent. I've gone for Salah. But um, I'd definitely like to give a little mention to that uh, Vinaldum one just for the fume that it brought out in so many opposition fans. <laughs> That's always the, the best. Cries. It's always the yeah, best. The cr- 
the cries of us being lucky, lucky, and all that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. So anyway, that's that's our um, that's our awards for September. What about the Academy guy? Yeah, what about an update from there? Yeah, I'll go through September's results, um, and then we'll talk about the MK Dons game a bit more, and I won't pretend I've seen any of these games, <laughs> like I usually do, but I'll go through the results. Um, we drew free all with Derby County, um, drew two all with Leicester City, this is the under-23s, by the way, I should say. Um, we drew one all with Fleetwood Town in, I think it used to be the Johnston Paint Trophy, I'm not I think it's called the EFL Trophy, but we lost on uh, penalties in that, so we lost 4-3 on penalties, but drew one all. Uh, and we drew two all with Arsenal, so the uh, month of the draws for the under-23s. Um, and the under-18s, <clears throat> we drew uh, one all in a friendly with Wrexham. Um, I don't know why we had a friendly, um, but interesting. Uh, We lost 5-2 to Man City, but Man City's academy is obviously uh, very reputable um, uh, for many reasons. Um, And we drew one all with Napoli in the UEFA Youth Cup League thing. Beat Middlesbrough 3-0, and we beat Swansea 3-2. yeah, it's uh, looks like it's as as usual. It looks like it's been a better month for the under 18s than the under 23s. But um, we got a look at some of the players who play in the under 23s. Andy, did, did you? Were you impressed by any of them? I think I picked out the two probably more positive ones earlier on. But did you like Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones? Yeah, I was particularly impressed with Harvey Elliott. His ability on the ball, such a young player to be so confident. Uh, you know, willing to try things and it just his balance, his, t- his first touch and his balance, his ability to shift side to side, taking the ball, gliding around players and, and you say, oh yeah, it's only MK Dons, but you know, th- this is a lad who's only, what, 16, 17 years old yeah. against, you know, some seasoned professionals who are older, stronger, fitter, you know, wiser and all the rest of that and yeah, he, he really does look an exceptional talent. He looks a, an exciting prospect. But again, with any young player, I would say it's important that we don't get too carried away. He's got to develop. He needs time to um, to learn and grow, and you know, probably make some mistakes and learn from them. And, and and who knows? I mean, I'd like to see him involved, you know, in spits and spots here and there over the coming year. And he certainly looks like he's got the talent to to be considered part of the squad possibly next season. He uh, he. I just say again, he he does look a very exciting prospect. Uh, like you know, I said the the first touch, the balance, everything. It just even the the vision as well. The that little assist that well should have been an assist for Milner. Milner should really have scored in my book. You know, to see that at his age, you know, that's pretty special vision as well. So yeah, he, he definitely impressed me. Yeah, I think. He he was really the standout. I think he hit the post twice, didn't he? I think one of them he should have scored because it was like a few yards out. But um, his general play, you just kind of saw why we nabbed him from Fulham and it looks like we might have to pay seven odd mil. I think Fulham are asking for what that might end up being a bit lower. But he he just looks a real talent. And we've obviously had um, a good couple of youngsters come through 
um, in recent seasons. I mean, I'm counting Raheem Sterling there. So we saw an exciting winger come through in the past. We saw Trent come through a couple of years ago. Um, and he, even players like, I don't know, Rafa Camacho got his opportunity and now he's obviously gone. But Harvey Elliott, that's like the first time I know we're playing MK Dons rather than like, I think we played Chelsea and Wolves last year in the crappy cups. But that was the first time a youngster's kind of made me sit up and take notice since Trent and then since Sterling. So that, that yeah. I think that's um, the most impressive thing for me is that it it's just such a promising beginning. I mean, I think... Arsenal, the next round of the uh, League Cup is is, uh, is in October. I, I'd be 100% for playing Harvey Elliott in that game. Maybe not as many youngsters, but Harvey Elliott 100% deserves a go in that game. And I think probably Curtis Jones and Hoover do as well, because Hoover, albeit not had the best start to the season just by going at how many goals the under-23s have uh, conceded. But um, if you play him at right-back, Harvey Elliott, right wing, um, Curtis Jones either in midfield or left wing, you can still put out a strongish squad of um, experienced people around that. And um, yeah. you'd, you'd imagine Arsenal do the same because they, they'll obviously have uh, the Europa League and stuff to, to manage. So, yeah, I, I'm all for them three youngsters keeping their places as long as we're in the domestic cups. Yeah, I, I'd certainly like to see uh, Hoover and uh, Elliot play again. Um, the the pair of them, it's just something that strikes me. There's often a player when I see them, you know, I'll properly watch them for the first time uh, in, a, in a competitive match. And it's, you know, something whether there's something about them that strikes me or not. And, and for them, they both look like they belonged. Uh, and that was the thing. They both look like they belonged. Yeah. So, yeah, long way to go. And, and, and the same things I said about uh, Keanu Hoover after we saw him in the FA Cup at the beginning of this calendar year is they're very, very young. They do look extremely promising and it's easy to get carried away and excited. But we've got to let them step back, you know, come in and out as and as they learn and develop. And Klopp's very good at this. He knows what he's doing. He'll know when is the right time for them to to get, become involved with the squad. I mean, just look at Trent. You know? So he, he'll know if it's the right time or, or they need a bit more time. So I, I fully trust him with this. And yeah, them two, I'd definitely like to see again. Because as I said, I, I feel that they look like they belong at that level. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's good. It bodes well for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... <laughs> It's a bit, it's obviously been a debate even with the hugely successful start to the season, but without us by anyone, especially in them positions, because front three was where we were rumoured to look in with Pepe and all that jazz. Um, it it does kind of leave a door, probably slightly ajar this season for Harvey Elliott to possibly get minutes later on if we have a, I don't know, say if we have a very busy Christmas period. You could see Harvey Elliott getting on the bench for a, for a Premier League game, if we're trying to protect one of the front three or something like that, um, you could see him get Premier League minutes if if the squad is affected later on. And even even in that Club World Cup thing later on, I, I'm all for taking Harvey Elliott to that because he, he he looks so promising, as I mentioned. But um, yeah, with, with the lack of signings, it's left it slightly ajar for opportunities for players like that. And as you said, maybe not this year, but. If he shows in training and these domestic cup games, 
especially if we if if we end up playing more Premier League teams, if we do get past Arsenal, he can show that he's of a certain level. Yeah, I mean, he's already shown he's of um, League One. I think I'm going on to it. Uh, I might be wrong with it, but um, he's already shown he's of that level. Um, if he can perform against Arsenal, I know they have like a League Two defence, but if he can play against them, it'll be it'll be a, a really good start. And even even then, you could maybe see him go out on loan and then come back and then be ready for the first team. Because he, he looks scarily talented. Yeah, he certainly does. So it, it's good. Again, it, it's very, very good and very encouraging for the future that we do have these promising young players uh, and we are looking to develop them and hopefully bring them through and integrate them with the squad and introduce them into the team. And always, as Manchester United discovered during their you know up period of you know, the 90s and whatnot, it's much easier to introduce young players in a team that's playing very well and is successful and is very, very strong. So it's a much easier environment to introduce them than uh, the pressure of a team that's striving to try and get back to something. So uh, fingers crossed for the future. Anyway, right, moving on now, Guy. We're going to play a little game of either or. I haven't done it on this podcast for a while, but I thought, what the hell this month? Let's have a go. So I'm going to give you a couple of options and you've got to just pick which one you go for. So it's going to be centre-backs. So I'm going to start you, right? (laughs) Here we are. I'm going to start you with Skirtle or Lovren? Oh, God. Um... Proper brain teaser. (laughs) Skirtle? Skirtle? Okay. Skirtle or Clavan? Oh, Clavan, 100%. Right. Clavan or Colotoure? Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the meanest thing. Oh. I know you have a special place for both. Oh, I'm going to have to go Colo. Colo? Okay. Mm. Colo or Gomez? Oh, like Gomez is obviously better, but I love Colo Touré. I'm going Colo. Okay. You stay in Colo. Here you go then. Mm-hmm. Colo or Matip? Oh, Matip's so funny. <laughs> I'm going Colo. <laughs> Keep going. Really? Okay then. Last throw of the dice. Van Dyke. Or Virgil. <laughs> it's got to be Van Dyke. <laughs> Without hesitation. Yeah, it's got to be Van Dyke. <laughs> I'm, in- I'm impressed at the run that Colo went on there. It's not about quality, it's about banter. <laughs> but Colo, Colo, that was a Colo be- tour. Yeah, so he was actually good for a bit, but he was obviously very good at Arsenal. Yeah. So. That, that, I just kind of thought that that was sort of equivalent of Colo picking the ball, the ball up in the back four, dribbling all the way up the pitch, going past four players, going past the keeper, and then smashing it over the bar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then Virgil catches up. And Colo probably would have done that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but we loved him. He's, yeah. a, he's a cool guy. We loved him. We absolutely did. Anyway, um, time for fantasy football then. What's what's the latest uh, on the FPL front, guy? 
Yep, I'll go through um, both leagues. Um, I'll start with the contributors, actually, because there's less of them there, and it's less embarrassing for me. Um, top in the contributors is Ollie Hansen, um, who I speak to, and he reminds me every day um, that he is top of this, and he's doing very well. He has 463 points to my measly 380. Uh, and Andy, where are you? You're not bottom! You're beating people! Where are you? You're 26th out of 31. Good man. You're not asked about fantasy. Yeah, and I've, I've got lots of players playing. In, as we record this, it's um, before the Arsenal-Man United game. So I've got about four players involved in that game, I think. I, I love that. <laughs> They're shit and you've got that many involved just to curse them. That's great. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's not um, not been the best, but it's been all right for me this season. But uh, general league then, um, top is Brian Butler with Butler's Galacticos with 482 points. So he's smashing me even more than Ollie is, which is great. Uh, yeah, but well done, Brian. Um, doing brilliantly there. But um, in terms of our players, Andy, it's uh, obviously, as we mentioned, it's been not a barren spell, but it's been a poorish spell for our front three but Salah is uh, the third top the third highest scoring player in the game at the minute behind De Bruyne and Aguero um, then Firmino is one, two, three, four. he is seventh highest scorer which is quite interesting considering most people that have Mane over him and then Mane is down in ninth and then obviously not many more but uh, it does highlight one thing I suppose is that our fullbacks haven't had the most explosive start to the season I suppose but it looks like Trent is kind of growing in that regard so hopefully he'll explode on the scene a bit more but uh, even though after a FPL poorish month for, for our forwards Mo's still top three um, and I think people probably quite quick to jump off of him just to save a bit of money but I think Salah uh, is pretty much guaranteed points because he, he, he's our, I think he's our most creative player, and at home he's just a different force. Um, so yeah, a bit of a bit of a strange one with the month that we discussed. But yeah, good good for Salah, and hopefully um, Bobby recaptures his form from August and uh, Mane steps up a bit and and the fullbacks, FPL wise. But uh, yeah, not not much, to, nothing to talk about of the mid, the other the actual midfielders. <laughs> well, what about Adrian then? 4.6 million. Um, he would have been a, a nice little uh, the cheeky purchase. Yeah, the thing the thing with Adrian, I think it was just a, a natural move, really, to, to go from Alisson to Adrian. Um, I think it's like going from 6 mil to 4.5. Obviously, saves you money. Um, the only problem is, I suppose, is that the team was getting used to a new goalkeeper and Adrian looked a bit nervous in them... Uh, first couple games and uh, since the international break I think he's looked really solid but probably a bit too late to get the points on him now because it looks like Alisson's nearing, nearing a return so maybe a couple more games with Adrian but then you probably have to start thinking about um, not getting it well if you've got a 4.5 goalie and you've got that money to spare get Alisson in but if not you're going to probably look at uh, your Popes your Heatons um, trying to think of other maybe a bomb, uh, maybe a uh, Bournemouth goalkeeper, Ramsdale, I think he's doing all right. But uh, yeah, it, it, Adrian's just almost been 
the freest of free hits because you've got the best defence in the league and you've got a uh, a bargain goalkeeper, but it looks like that bargain is nearing its end, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. We, hopefully we'll see Alisson back well, very, unfortunately very, very soon. Unfortunately for him, not us. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so before we move on, then the FPL, um, the fantasy podcast, that's um, on Anfield Index as well. If anyone wants to check that out, yeah, we are recording either tomorrow, which is Tuesday, because I don't know when this is coming out. It's either going to be the Tuesday or Wednesday. It'll probably be out by the time this is actually out. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, this week at some point. We'd, I think we're having a good record of keeping it weekly this season. So if you want to know what not to do in FPL, come listen to me. I like it. I like it. Or you could just take a look at my team. <laughs> but mine, mine includes superstitions. So hundred um, yeah. percent team, team player, Andy. I just, I just, <laughs> yeah. I had, I have to go by it. I put Edison as my goalie just to. Um, for about the last three years, I've used De Gea, and it's obviously worked for them to the point where I don't even have to do that anymore. Absolutely. So then my next, it's now it's Edison. So I have Edison. Aguero and Sterling in there um, it hasn't quite worked on Sterling and Aguero yet you know, gotta keep trying anyway anyway, right, predictions last last segment of the show predictions um, looking back on last month, you were leading me by 5 points to 3 so Newcastle game, you went for 2-0, I went for 1-0 uh, it was 3-1, so we got 1 point each for that Chelsea, you went for 2-1. I went for 3-2. It was 2-1. Oh. So, yeah, I was yes. going to go 2-1, but I had to be different after after you got the first score on it. So, so you get three points. I get one anyway. And then Sheffield United, we both went 2-0. It was 1-0, so we both got one point each, which means... God damn it, Salah. That currently... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've got ten points. I've got six points. So then, October, uh, Premier League only. Um, Leicester at home. Ooh, we're taking on the Brodge. What do you reckon, guy? Oh, I think it'd be a tough game. As I said, I think Leicester. Leicester should finish in the top four, though. I reckon, but um, I think we'll win. Um. Two one, to us. Did I nick it I've again? I've got two one as well. Just go two one. Yeah, you, I've you got. Go, I've, you can yeah, go first got, on the next I've one. I've got two one. It's just such a safe score, isn't it? Absolutely. You can go first on United because this one is just a mess. Right. They are dirge, but we tend to be a bit terrible against them, especially away from home, and it's straight after an international break. So I am gonna. I'm going to go 1-1 one, one guy. That's what I was going to do, but I'm going to be confident now, Andy. I'm going to go going to play yes. hard. I'm going to go 3-1 yes. Liverpool. Yes. There you go. Because it'll probably happen. There's a chance for you to catch up as well. I like it. I like it. Yes. <laughs> Last, as I mentioned there, sorry, there is an international break in there. So um, end uh. of the month, <laughs> it's Spurs at home. Ooh, it's another tight one. What What do you think? 
They're awful, aren't they? <laughs> um, I don't think it will be tight. I think we kind of got to start treating Spurs like Arsenal. They're just that bad in most sectors at the minute. Um, I'll go 3-1. Harry Kane will probably get a penalty because he always bloody does against us. Yeah, he, he literally could put slip on a pair of, of ballet shoes, be 15 metres away from anyone, and pirouette into the floor and still get a penalty and it not be yep. reviewed on VAR. Oh, God, no. So, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, 3-1. I've got 1-0 written down, so I'm going to stick with 1-0. So, they're the games coming up in October. They're the Premier League games, but also in October, we've got a couple of Champions League games and there's the League Cup game against Arsenal as well. So, how how do you think things are looking then, um in the Champions League. We're at home to Salzburg, and then we're going to be away to Genk. Do, do you see us picking up uh, maximum points from those them two games? Um, I think we should. I think it just... But I said that about Red Star last season, but I, I don't think Genk will have the same scary Soviet <laughs> type of um, stadium, which was kind of terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, was it the Soviet, Soviet that got you? <laughs> um, I don't think that's what the ground's officially called. It is, it is. Um, it should be. Um, but yeah, Salzburg I think will win because our home record is it's just brilliant at the minute. Um, it, I think these are two games that it's, it's just more interesting to see what the other teams are about because obviously you hear about um, Salzburg pretty much just being a feeder club to um, Leipzig and obviously we've had the benefits of that with Mane um, and uh, Naby, oh, I know Mane didn't go to Leipzig but um, yeah we've had the benefits of that one way or the other and um, Genk they seem to just churn out young talent as well so it'll just be an interesting game to see young talent I hope rather than um, focus on the result but yeah I think Salzburg will take care of itself and Genk, I, I suppose we'll figure out if we really are cursed away from home in the European group stages. <laughs> well, if we lose away to Genk, then we absolutely must be cursed because, um, yeah, yeah, they're they're not very good. Um, a quick plug: I've done the Champions League preview podcast. I've done that with uh, Anfield Index writer Tom Holmes, so we look ahead to that uh, Salzburg game and look back on uh, the Napoli game and take a look all across the, the groups for results of match day one and looking ahead to match day two as well. So your full Champions League preview podcast is available through the uh, the AI app. Just check that one out, please do. Uh, final game to uh, to mention then for October. I know you briefly mentioned it already in terms of uh, wanting to see some youngsters play, but at the end of the month, uh, the date is yet to be confirmed, actually, official date. But we're playing uh, Arsenal in the League Cup you mentioned you think there'll be changes, but not as many changes as we saw against MK Dons. So do you think it'll be similar for Arsenal then? Sort of half a first-strength team maybe and um, half half youngsters, stroke, fringe players? Yeah, you kind of hope so. I mean, even if they play the first-choice defence, it it's bad. So I don't mind that. But um, hopefully they'll rest like Aubameyang and Pepe. I think Lacazette's injured. I don't have no idea when he's back. But um, yeah, maybe they'll play 
Um, I, I, literally, their team's just popped up in front of me on the TV because they're playing United in an hour. <laughs> but maybe they'll play like Reese Nelson and um, that Willick lad, um, who's obviously started a couple of Premier League games, which will them a lot more experienced than our youngsters. But it'll be an interesting test because the um, I know Nelson had a, a, a year or two in the Bundesliga. Um, so if we if we play our youngsters up against them, it'll be an interesting tie, I suppose. But yeah, I think. Arsenal do a bit of mix and match, and I I really can't see Aubameyang especially because he he's seemingly their most important player by a mile. But if they're playing Mustafi, great, <laughs> that's the job done. I'd rather him play him than a than a young defender. But um, yeah, job. I think it'll be an interesting game. Like it's just one we can enjoy. Obviously, we've got the stresses of the Premier League week to week and the Champions League, albeit not stressful. It's still got that. Whereas the Arsenal game, we can almost look at it as like a pre-season bit of fun, can't we? Yeah, hopefully Arsenal maybe play back three of Luis, Socrates and uh, Mustafi, that would just uh, be the dream, really. Well, they kept, a cle- <laughs> they kept a clean sheet when they played Mustafi and Luis the other other day, so maybe, yeah, it's... maybe it's that bad. It worked. Mm. But that didn't work with Scarlett yeah. Lovren, did it? Well, it's Mustafi is capable of actually playing decently. The other two are just, um, well, yeah, they're just <laughs> oh, I don't know about completely that. <laughs> lose it. <laughs> well, that no, that they just they, the other two just uh, are just loose cannons on the on the pitch as defenders. Absolute loose cannons. For some reason, they just flick a switch and decide. You know what? That ball eighty yards eighty yards away. I'm going to go and get that. <laughs> Why not? So, you might yeah, do, yeah. do that against us. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they are completely insane. Anyway, so that's it. That's that's everything, guy. Um, on on the whole, I mean, still mostly positive month. Um, seven from seven in the Premier League. You know, sixteen wins on the bounce in in, in the Premier League over, over the two seasons, as I mentioned, <laughs> uh, through to the next round of the League Cup. Get some points on the board uh, through October. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. Um, it's uh, it looks like it'll be a tough month, but I think this will be the month of champions and stuff like that, where we overcome yeah. tough tests. I think that's what this month will be. Yes. But if we, uh, yeah, it's got it, that's it. I mean, there are some some tests to come, so hopefully we can really sort of step up to it in November, in uh, October. We, you know, they match the challenge that lays ahead of us, and uh, the front three can get going again. Uh, get Navi back firing and yeah and hopefully when we sit back down in a month's time we can be talking about um, some exciting uh, exciting performances some great goals and more wins yeah absolutely absolutely it's almost I almost think Leicester will be our toughest test which is strange (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway listen folks yeah so that's it for for this month's Reds review thank you each and every one of you who took part in our Twitter polls and thank you again for, for listening, downloading the show. We really do appreciate your contributions and your the part that you take in the show. But that is it from myself and Guy. Until next month for this edition of the Res Review, it's bye-bye now.
Social Podcast Network.